Hey everyone, welcome to the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club and Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. We tasted the Toro Oso Mexican Lager and Hazy IPA Paper Crowns from Zool Brewing in Knoxville, Tennessee. We spoke with Brad West, the co-founder, and stay tuned to learn how much I love this Mexican lager and why Zool is one of the most sleek tap rooms I have been to. Welcome to the Bruce Less Traveled Podcast and Beer Club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb, and we are back in Knoxville, Tennessee today. I am joined by my amazing co-host for the month of September, Mike, aka the Pale Male. Mike, you want to say hello? Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to our very special Knoxville themed podcast tonight. Uh, you know, we're going to have a great time. We've got great guests and we got some cool stuff uh, today in our box. Since we have our friends at, at Zool Brewing, we have these wicked cool Zool stickers. Hello. Yeah, these are awesome. They're super good quality. They're like nice and thick. These are like the nicest brewery stickers I've ever seen, actually. And you can see some really cool photos of these if you head to the Bruvana Instagram page. These photograph beautifully, and they're just like an awesome logo. I'm a sucker for brewery stickers, so big thanks to Zool for these super high-quality ones. Love them. We have a great guest, Brad West, the co-founder of Zool Beer Company. He is here tonight, and we're going to be drinking their Toro y Oso Mexican Lager and Paper Crowns IPA. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to both of these. That was a dashing accent. No, muchas gracias. <laughs> De nada, senor. All right, Mike, are you ready to open a beer? Oh, yeah. So we we'll crack them open, huh? Yeah, let's go ahead and get to it. We got two tonight. We got two beers. We're going to open the Toro y Oso now. So it got a pretty color. Got our Bruvana glass. Cheers, everyone. Yeah. Welcome. Salud. I love a Mexican lager. Ooh, this one's nice. It's got much more body to it than I was expecting. So this is just like a really nice full-bodied Mexican lager. I tried this when I went to Zul, actually. I remember it. Yeah, you get that little sweetness on the t- on the tongue. Yeah. Uh, but it's very refreshing and effervescent and just right on the money. Absolutely. Super wow. refreshing. It's like a nice, easy drinking Mexican lager. They use Watt Edy hops. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering okay. if that's adding some of the flavor. And it's at 5.3% ABV. I'm curious what kind of malt they use. I'm going to ask Brad when he comes on. What I like about this, too, is I, with that addition of the Waiiti hops, they, uh, I love this with American brewers. We'll take the uh, styles from other countries and give it that American spin. And I mean, I love German Pilsners that are made <laughs> by American breweries. And now I'm in love with this one, the Toro Rioso. I wish I had a little bit more of this. This is really good. It does have a little sweetness on the finish. It's delicious. Yeah, it's definitely not not uh, a watered down at all like uh, you might expect, like with a, not expect, but if you expect a cerveza, like a Corona or something like that. But this has definitely got some full flavors. It's crisp and flavorful. It gives you that nice body. So you get that nice flavor and mouthfeel. But yeah, the, the high carbonation and that effervescence gives you that nice sort of clean, refreshing feeling. Yeah, it's a real good lawnmower beer. Oh yeah, do you have a do you have a lawn up there in your uh, in your apartment? <laughs> I have a, a mow of lawn since I was seventeen. Mike has a has a great apartment uh, in in New York. I'm just teasing him because I know he doesn't have a lawn, but I get what you mean, like an outdoor activity beer. Yeah, the hops give it. It's almost got a little bit of like fruit on the nose, like just a touch. 
I get that little weediness, little uh, the little uh, dry hay flavor uh, aroma. Yeah, it doesn't have a super strong aroma to me, to be honest. But the flavor is stronger than I expected. But there's almost a little bit of fruit on the nose. Now, I wonder what if you, they, I don't know if they use corn in this or not, but because uh, that would be typical of a Mexican lager. But we'll have to ask Brad that, too. We will. We got a lot of questions for him when we bring him on in just a little bit. How was your Labor Day, Mike? I saw you had a Beer Avengers gathering. I know we're on a Facebook messenger group, you and yes. I. And and I, I always get invited to the fun things and I can't go anymore because I, I don't live in New York anymore. But what did you guys end up doing? We have to Well, you know, I live here by Central Park. And so we had a few Beer Avengers over in the park, which is what we used to do last year when we weren't allowed to go into each other's houses. So we did an old fashioned uh, uh, park party and it's it's not legal to drink in the park. So, uh, you know, you got to do it on the DL. But, uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool. If you're not making a scene, you know, nobody's going to bother you. And and uh, it was uh, it was nice. And then we brought it back to the house and kept it going. So we, we, we had quite a few beers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the uh, the captain, um, Captain Porter Brown Stout, he brought brought over some extremely strong, big dessert stouts over the house. So we had a, we had a lot of those and then some great sours too. I had a La Vie en Rose from uh, Jester King was, oh, uh, nice. was a star of the show. I really enjoyed that a lot. Big uh, 750 milliliter bottle of that. So yeah, nice. it, was a good, it was a good time. I love our buddy Glenn. Yeah. His, uh, his beer vendor name is Captain Porter Brown Stout. He now works in the city brew tours, Bruvana family too, as being one of our virtual guides. So yes, I might yes, get sir. him him to be a co-host one month as well. I was actually just messaging with him today about that. So yeah, our, our all of our beer club members are getting to meet some of the beer Avengers as well. And my my personal very good beer nerd friend. So that's super fun. But um I don't understand why it's not legal to drink in a park. Can we just you know what? it's actually a kind of uh an, an oddity in the country. A lot of a lot of city parks are okay with it. Uh but in the New York City parks it is illegal to uh, drink alcohol. Well, I've done it a lot. <laughs> like so many times. Um, but you know, while you guys are enjoying this beautiful beer, I want to share a couple facts about Knoxville with you guys. So in 1982, the city was actually the smallest host to the world's fair. The first ever touchscreen was demonstrated for the very first time at the 1982 World's Fair. The sun sphere that you guys got in your apron, in your beer box, that was actually built for the World's Fair. So all of our beer club members got awesome, really sturdy, wonderful, well-made aprons in your beer box. We'll be going over that inclusion on another week, but that is what the Sun Sphere is about on that. Knoxville is the place where the drink Mountain Dew was born in 1940. I think, isn't Knoxville the, uh, called the cradle of country music? It sure is, and I know that because I'm a huge country music lover. Should have brought up my cowboy hat for that one. Yeah, I've been getting into a lot of older roots country these days. I love country. I love, I mean, I'm a big old school country, like Waylon, Willie, Johnny, Dolly, mm -hmm. you know, the, the whole game. My apartment is themed sort of country Southwest vibe. You can't see it because I'm at Zool right now in Knoxville, Tennessee with a gorgeous sunset. But yeah, my whole apartment's like, have, you know, bolo ties and cowboy hats and like Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton paraphernalia everywhere, basically. So I love country music. So that was my favorite fact about Knoxville, actually. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, that's I had no idea that it was considered the cradle of country music. I don't really know what that means. I'm kind of shocked mm. it was in Nashville. But 
I think country music really originated in some of these smaller towns, really, and right. more like kind of in the Appalachia region and then right. migrated its way to Nashville. Let's learn a little bit more about Zool. So Urban Dictionary defines Zool as bad in kind of a cool way or cool in kind of a bad way. And they opened super recently in October of 2020. So right kind of during the, the pandemic and they are killing it. I had a great personal experience there. The whole vibe is like a 1960s car dealership. That's actually what the building was. It was a 1960s car dealership, very sort of sleek inside. I almost felt like I was in an episode of Mad Men or something. Like it felt very, this subtly 1960s vibe to, I don't even know if they meant for that to be, but I went to Zool on my Knox Brew Bus tour. You guys remember last week we had Zach on the Knox, the Knox Brew Tours owner. So I went on that brew tour with Ace, the beer guide who changed my life because I loved her. She was so amazing. I had so much fun at Knoxville. It's like one of my favorite beer cities I visited actually. And yeah, Zool was just outstanding. Really nice people there, really cool vibe. The place was packed. We're going to learn a little bit more about it when we bring our guest on. Let's welcome on our guest this evening, Brad West, the co-founder of Zool Beer Company. Hey, Brad, how are you? Hey, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for joining us. How's your day going? That's great. Yeah, long day at work, so... I hear you. Every time I chat, with I you, was at the brewery, but I ended up coming to the house to do this instead. So, well, we appreciate that level of attention. Yeah. Every time I talk to you, we've chatted a few times. Seems like you're super busy. Can we open this uh, paper crowns IPA with you? Yeah, absolutely. So funny story. We, uh, well, maybe not so funny, but we sold out of both of those and I don't have any that I can open, but I've got to send them out to somebody. So I, I can't, uh, I can't drink along with you. But no worries at all. If you have, have someone else you want to open, that's worries. cool. But me and Mike are going to get right to it and open up this. Oh, yeah, crowns. let's do it. I've got it right here. You're drinking something yummy there. Yeah, I'm drinking bourbon. Sorry. Oh, I love bourbon. What What do you drink? Um, I, I, I'm a wild turkey or NGP guy, but uh, I have a little bit of everything. Um, this is a, actually a good old times toasted vanilla or it's eight year bourbon that's in like high rye bourbon that's in toasted. Cool. I'm a, I'm a bullet bourbon. I, I like bullet rye, bullet bourbon. I also love Blanton's. Check out this paper crowns IPA. She's a beauty. Ooh. Ooh. I'm using my favorite Bruvana glass that we had from, I believe season one. And you can kind of see the color differentiation here. This is definitely hazier, this paper crowns. Yeah, this is nice. Oh, there's the aroma. Oh man, this smells so good. Cheers. Yeah, so this is a hazy IPA with citra and citra cryo hops clocking in at 6.8% ABV. Yeah, we do a lot of citra. That's that's kind of our, uh, that's our favorite hop for sure, but. She's a beautiful hop, yeah. This is nice. Oh yeah. It's got a very coating mouthfeel. Mm, I love single hop beers and I feel like they're almost out of style a little bit, uh, but I, I just love when it just showcase the one hop and you've really done it well here. This is a beautiful Citra beer. And so Citra and Citra cryo is that, so what's the difference with that, Brad? 
So Citra, I mean, that, those are T90 hops that, uh, just the hot pellets, you know, but the um, cryo is kind of a concentrated lupulin form. Just you get all of that aroma and just a more punch with, without the vegetative material that comes along with, you know, a lot of hops. So um, it's about a two to one replacement. So you could use about half as much cryo to get around the same effect as uh, T90, you know, the, the standard citra hop. Okay. So it's a little more concentrated because the lupulin gland, that's the gland that really kind of gives the bitterness of the hop. Let's take a beer break. So me and Brad were just talking about the lupulin glands. What exactly are those? So lupulin are small glands that contain hop acids and essential oils. They're observable as fine yellow powder found deep within the hop cone. Their concentration in hops will differ from one variety to another. Given that most of the brewing value of the hop cone is found within the lupulin glands, there have been a number of technical approaches to concentrating or preserving this component. Yellow lupulin glands within the hop cone contain resins and essential oils, which give bitter taste and characteristic aroma to the beer. So all you hop heads out there, you're really just lupulin lovers. Well, Brad, we'd love to start off asking our guests their craft beer origin story. Can you tell us yours? How did you get into craft beer? Um, so me personally, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm kind of newish to it, I guess you'd say. Um, I really got into craft beer around like 2015 or 14, somewhere in there. But uh, I went to, a friend made a recommendation to go to other half when I was in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, I, I went there, I think in fall of 2016 or, and it kind of opened my eyes to kind of a different type of craft beer really. And, uh, you know, I think they had 20 taps on and 16 of them were IPAs. And so I think I probably had, you know, it, every single beer on tap that day probably, but so just kind of fell in love with it at that time. But, uh, I was an investor in another local brewery, helped them get started back in, they opened May of 19. It was, I don't know, the, the, the direction of it wasn't something I was interested in, I guess, uh, once we kind of got into it, you know, opened up, I think we went like six months without a hazy IPA on tap. And I was like, this is, we need to do something. So, um, I got out and, um, with some friends, we kind of talked about starting a brewery a long time before and, uh, just never did. And then, it just kind of all fell into place. Uh, we met Bentley, who's our head brewer, uh, one of my business partners. I don't know. He, he brought some of his barrel aged sour beer and an IPA that he made. And it was really, really good. And so I was like, you know, let's try to kind of pursue this. And honestly, we're a very, like you mentioned, we're very young, but even the whole idea of Zool is very, very, very recent. We like, we met January of 19. It was like, let's start a brewery. And then we came up with, the name in in February and we found the building in March and we literally put a, you know, kind of a hold on the building and uh, finished the business plan, sent all the stuff out. Uh, it took us forever to get, you know, approved by the bank. And, and uh, so we did that, secured investors, some friends and stuff and um, COVID happened and kind of right when we were about to close on our loan, it was like March of last year. Um, February or March and the, uh, all the PPP loans kind of jumped ahead of us. So yeah. 
we actually, it was, we closed on our loan middle of May of last year and we started the demo and finished all of it within five months and opened up in October. And it's been, cool. a, it's been a very fast track on this whole thing. So. Trust me. I get it. I ran a business for eight years in New York city. I had two locations at a facial studio. So very different from this. And I, I understand trying to close on a loan and all that, all that stuff. How did you come up with the name Zool? Um, yeah, so that's kind of a fun story. The, um, we were all meeting at, um, a kind of a, it's called beard and beer market. I don't know if you went, if you visited there when you were in town, but it's just a kind of an old school beer bar. It's one of the first ones in town. It was like 2010 and the, um, we kind of met there and we were all kind of tasked to, Hey, bring some ideas, me and two other people and, um, me, Seth and Bentley. And, we all kind of had some ideas and we, we were kind of joking around about doing a different type of brewery. Like it was going to be, I don't know. Have you heard of the band ghost from like a Swedish band, Swedish metal band? I have not, but you guys love metal music and we're going to get to that. So next. Essentially they're like a, like nobody up until a couple of years ago, nobody knew who they were, you know, who the, the bandmates were. And so um, that was one of the ideas was like, let's just create this like ghost brewery that, we would, you know, can beers and do drops and literally just show up at different places around town and not ever announce, have people sell it for us. Nobody, we never announce anything. And so that was kind of a, an idea. And uh, so it was kind of like a darker themed a little bit. And Seth brought like one of his last things on the list was Zool, uh, X-U-L. And we were all like, literally all of us was like, what is Zool? And it was, you know, it's kind of a combination of the things you already mentioned the urban dictionary thing. Uh, we're all big into eighties pop culture. So, you know, partially it is from ghostbusters, uh, Z U U L, um, is that, you know, demon dog and ghostbusters. Um, then, uh, it was a necromancer and like one of my favorite computer games in the nineties, Diablo. And, uh, then uh, it was just, I don't know, it kind of fit. And so it's, it is literally meant to, for people to ask the question, what is Zool? Yeah, no, I love it. And and it's supposed uh, to be this mysterious thing. So we have some Caleb in the chat says that that's an amazing band that you mentioned. Yeah, I like some metal music. I like some sort of industrial metal <laughs> stuff like Godflesh. I don't know if you ever listen to them, but um, I don't listen to it. I like sort of the, the precursor to metal, like Black Sabbath, you know, like the kind of the early. And stuff. we're all into everything. I mean, if you visit our tap room, it's probably 70 percent hip hop. And then, and you, you guys know. have this like goat on the wall with a pink goatee. Like, is that an ode to Pantera? It is, yeah. So Seth, his favorite band is Pantera, and he was a so he, he actually was a guitarist in a metal band, um, Straight Line Stitch. I don't know if anybody's heard of him in the in the chat there. I haven't, but that's Knoxville. Really cool. But they toured, um, they toured U.S. and actually Europe some too. So. Daryl was his like idol. And when he died, he was pretty crushed. And so like, that was like, he always wanted to get this goat with the, you know, a pink goatee. And so we did that in the tap room. So. Cool. This is taking me back to my days when I used to just want to date metal heads. <laughs> Same with Mike. <laughs> Mike, I know you have some questions for Brad, so I'll let you ask your questions too. Oh, my metal head dating days. Yeah. Very. <laughs> That was that was. Mike used to have really long black oh, hair. Oh, 
It only, but it only went out. It didn't go. It didn't go down. It, it was out. like this weird sideways situation. Only on the side, no one, exactly. No one knew what to do with it. I wanted to ask you about the Mexican lager because we really are digging that. Um, <laughs> what uh, what uh, prompted you to use the Waiti hops in there? Because it gives it a real nice, I think, yeah, American so, flavor. So that's a very simple. I mean, it, it was that's just Pilsner chit. Just a little bit of flaked maize, so it's a oh, very you did use a little bit. Okay, yeah, uh, not very much, uh, but the white we wanted something to give it a little bit of fruit character. Mm. So the white actually has this like, you kind of get lime without putting lime in it. We tr- we try to keep it pretty simple and then kind of let stuff you know let the hops or whatever shine through. Um, it's it's all- the best Mexican lager I've ever had, honestly. Well, thank you. <laughs> that yeah. was. So we have actually made two lagers ever, and that's our second one ever. That's our first oh. Mexican lager we've ever put out. And then the other one is our, uh, it's a school night. It's an Italian Pilsner, which is a dry hopped Italian Pilsner. So Yeah, you guys do a lot of hazy IPAs, I noticed, on your tap. Yeah, we do. So we really only focus on, I mean, we call them just banger styles, you know. So it's uh, kind of the the popular stuff right now. So, I mean, we do... Hazy IPAs, fruited sours, fruited seltzers, uh, pastry stouts, and you know we'll have we'll always have lagers or pilsner or something on. But uh, that's really all we focus on. You're not going to find, you know, red ales or amber ale. I mean, I guess we we do an amber probably, but the, uh, I mean, saisons. We, we love like barrel aged saisons, and but uh, as far as like your Belgian, you know, um, we're not really that type of type of place. So. But there's a lot of people that focus on that and do a really good job. And so we kind of let them do their thing and we just stick to what, you know. Yeah, stick to what you're good at and what your customers like, you know. I really respect that. I think that's great. You know, get your thing down, do it well. And you guys are really killing it because I think you're really good at bringing life to a sort of more simple beer. You know, a Mexican lager can be looked at as boring. This is yeah. the least boring Mexican lager I've ever had. It's it's actually pretty complex. I mean, the hops you chose in there, it gives it that little bit of flavor to it that you wouldn't really expect. I wasn't really... I tried this when I went there and I remember being like, Oh, this is a really great beer, but I was at the end of a, a brew bus sure. situation. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of, if you notice, uh, so we, we always try to hide little things. So if you notice on the back of the can, like in the, in the big design, if you kind of squint in, like in the middle of some of those triangles, you'll see our little skull head inside of there. So we have these little design elements that we kind of oh, yeah. hide. That's in the paper crowns one too. There's one little, head on the other side of it oh <laughs> i see it oh that's funny <laughs> well but you guys are having the cans are flying off the shelves yeah so because i see i've been checking out your instagram and some of the ones that you have uh here they're already gone and including the ones we're drinking today or uh as far as uh cans so what do you owe to this uh quick success to yeah i don't know it's just um we we're very very particular about kind of what we do and so if something's like not up to our standard, we will not hesitate to, you know, to dump it down the drain or, or, you know, make a sour, like we'll do a, a barrel aged sour and, you know, throw in a, a barrel for a couple of years or something like that. So we've got some old stuff that our, you know, brewer has been, you know, working on for some years, but, uh, the, uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, put a lot into the marketing. We put a lot into the experience it was something. And, and Molly, you probably saw that when you, when you visited, like that was one of the biggest things kind of, you'll mention the tap room is like 
we wanted it to be kind of elegant enough for like date night if you wanted to do that. Um, Torst, absolutely. Yeah, Torst in Brooklyn is one of my favorite bars, and so like that's the the white bar top and the tap hand like that's kind of Torst inspired. And so I'm trying to not scream because I'll just have to edit that sound out tomorrow when I edit this into a podcast. Torst is one of my favorite beer bars. I lived in Brooklyn for 12 years. I used to work next door to Torst. And that was a place that got me into craft beer and into loving beer and the elegance of it and the beauty behind brewing it and the complexity and how it's man-made and you know, wine is so lovely and elegant. I love all fermented beverages, but, you know, wine is very of the earth. It's this kind of different thing, but, you know, beer is so man-made and there's something really rustic and beautiful about that. And it's just a rustic, beautiful place there. And a friend of mine, her husband worked there at Torst and I just, I loved that place. And I really see that comparison. I really do, Brad, because when I went in to Zool, I thought, this is sleek. This is a sexy tap room. Normally they're really loud and, you know, picnic Mm -hmm. tables. I love that. That's great. There's like kids running around or whatever. But y'all's vibe there is a little different. It's a little elevated. It's got this just elegant touch. But then I love, you know, y'all are these metal heads. I mean, this is (laughs) is just kind of like one of my ideal places, maybe. Yeah, it's like I said, we've, we've you know put a lot of thought and detail into the, the the character of everything, even just, you know, between the the beer labels, the, you know, and we don't skimp on any beers, too. I mean, they, these are all, I mean, the, the dry hopping rate of Paper Crowns is like three and a half pounds per barrel on just the dry hop, you know. So uh, we, we do uh, kind of a no, no expense spared on some things, you know, um, but it's just a. I don't know. It's, it's the experience that people want a lot of times. And so that's, you've got to keep people around for that. And it's just something that we kind of, you know, we got those comfy little, like almost velour couches in there. And, and, you know, the, um, we have a white quartz bar top and all the, all the tables are white quartz. And, and so it's just, a something that we wanted to, I don't know, make kind of fun for people to hang out at long, you know, long periods of time without it being, you know, without it being too, like wood resin or industrial, you know, it's kind of something that you can kind of just hang out and have fun at. So. Yeah. It feels almost like a, like a fancy cocktail bar. Mm-hmm. And we will yeah. be, having, we're, we're planning to do wine and bourbon here pretty soon. So. Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. I love that. Well, with the, uh, the, uh, having the citra now that I've, that I've trying the, the paper crowns, I mean, you were talking about other half and I could tell that with your, your quality, I mean, this is of that ilk. Uh, as far as other half or like I used to drink uh, a lot of Burlington beer company and that was my favorite with the hazies. And this is just bringing me back to that. It's just, I can see what you're talking about with not skimping on the quality. I get it on the nose. I get it on the tongue. I mean, this is, yeah. so that's what kind of like my beer background, honestly, before I got into, you know, owning a craft a brewery was, uh, I was in the trading market, essentially. Like we would, yeah. Trade. You know, so like Monkish and other half and Trillium and Treehouse and all that. So that's kind of what this all this is kind of modeled. You know, our IPA honestly is kind of modeled after a mix between other half, Monkish and vitamin C is kind of our oh um, nice big inspirations on that. And so it's kind of there's like parts of each one in there and and some stuff that we like kind of what we picked up from, you know, talking to those guys and just I don't know, just uh that's what we we've started to become known for our IPAs, and we always have four to 
four to six on at a time, you know, on top of all the sours and stuff. So I have a feeling you guys are such a part of the food beverage culture in Knoxville. I really loved Knoxville. In fact, I took a Greyhound bus at midnight Goodness. from Chattanooga to Knoxville. That's pretty shady right there. That, that um, pretty bad. Literally, it was everyone had just gotten out of prison. That's okay. Yep. You served your time. I don't judge. I, that's cool. You have served your time. It's all right. It's all right. But I, um, yeah. And, you know, it was like a little weird. Everyone was like a little sketchy. But you know yeah, what? A, things I will do to go find good beer and beautiful breweries like Zool, it's it's endless. <laughs> what's funny is we're, I mean, our, I would say in a straight line, our brewery is probably, I don't know, 200, 250 yards from that Greyhound station. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, you know, bad parts and good parts. And yeah, no, I walked all around all the city. Really nice in this area now. Um, and I don't know if you no or not, but there's a um, right across. So looking across from the breweries, the interstate, right? Right on the interstate across from the interstate is uh, the new site for the, it's a multi-purpose stadium for the Tennessee Smokies and like Knoxville concerts and stuff like that. So it's a, it's the Cubs double A team. So. Very cool. I had a great time when I was there. I went on the, on a weekend. It was a Saturday when I went so there was this little farmer's market in the morning, kind of in the downtown area. I had a lovely experience. And I'm curious, Brad, what is your ideal day off in Knoxville? I don't know. I just, uh, we've got a lot of lakes and rivers around. I, I enjoy fishing, although I haven't been in a while. But there's a lot, a lot of that to do around here. Um, Knoxville's kind of, it's turned into a foodie town. So there was a thing that came out like two years ago that was something like per the one square mile, there's like 95 restaurants or something like that, uh, right there in downtown Knoxville. So, you know, I, I like to eat, of course. So we would go, you know, a nice dinner at Kefi or Adopo and, uh, hit up some breweries around town and that's about it. Cool. I love it. And as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. Brad, your goal is to not think, just answer. Are you ready? I can do that. All right. Fan of lactose and beer. Yes or no? No. All right. Uh, I like it. We, um, we only use a little bit of lactose in our stouts. Uh, that's like none of our sours have lactose. Um, we, we've started phasing that out. But Good. Okay. How about hops? Cascade or mosaic? Mosaic. Nice. That's a quick answer. Yeah, he, they're they're a they're a hazy hazy. That's right. Place. That's so that, right. That makes you sense. Speak, that makes you sense. speak the same language I do. Trillium, Absolutely. Treehouse, vitamin <laughs> yeah. C. Home brewing or home drinking? Drinking for me. I, I, home brewing is just cleaning. It's like ninety eight percent cleaning. Uh, Literally, yes, I agree. I try to say that I like <laughs> home brew. I don't. It's not ever going to happen. How about what's a what's the best beer to drink while you're watching TV? I don't, it's funny. I don't, uh, I don't bring home beer to drink. Like I just drink bourbon. Like when I'm at home, I all drinks bourbon usually. Um, we will accept I, that answer. We will. <laughs> Favorite German beer. Doppelbach probably. Yeah, yes. there we go. All right. Love a Doppelbach. Doppelbach or a Dunkel. Cool. Brad, it has been a pleasure having you. Is there anything that you want to plug? Yeah, follow us, uh, you know, at, at Zool Beer on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Our Instagram account, too. So, like, I try to answer most questions or I always repost stuff anybody does. So, down to 
Awesome. Yeah. If you guys are in Knoxville, make sure to visit Zool. It is super fun, elegant, funky, interesting place to go. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Mike. Be sure to tune in next week as we chat with Aaron McLean, the founder and brewmaster at Crafty Bastard Brewery, and taste their Hawaiian barbecue pale ale. It was a very brand new batch, and they wanted all of our beer club members to taste it first, which is awesome. This was definitely one of the most creative breweries I visited when I was in Knoxville. They had a pickle beer that I tried. It was absolutely delicious. So stay tuned next week to hear more from them. Cheers, everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. And this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep. Plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Brews Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.